Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Well, hello, my darling. Come in, come in. It's cold outside. Come over here and pull up a chair next to the fire. I was almost nodding off before you arrived. I'm so glad you've come to visit me here. Now, let me pour you a nice, warm cup of tea. I hope it's okay if I read you a poem. Yes? Well, I've got one here by one of my favourite poets, William Butler Yeats. It's called When You Are Old. So just sit back and relax. You're going to love this one. When you are old. When you are old and grey and full of sleep and nodding by the fire. Take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true but one man loved the pilgrim soul in you and loved the sorrows of your changing face and bending down beside the glowing bars murmur a little sadly how love fled and paced upon the mountains overhead and hid his face amid a crowd of stars So I want to start this podcast by talking a little bit about the historical context of the poem. Yeats was a popular poet, the first from Ireland to be awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. As a poet, he was important in the Irish movement for self-rule in his lifetime, and he worked hard to promote an appreciation for Irish culture. Indeed, Yeats's Irish patriotism was in part the reason why so much of his early poetry is filled with references to Irish mythology. A great number of his poems were political in nature. His poem Easter 1916, for instance, is a well-known example of this kind of political focus in his work and was written in response to an Irish uprising against British rule. In the poem for today, When You Are Old, however, there is no real mention of any of these developing political and historical complexities. The poem itself is rather universal and could almost be set in any time or place. Born in 1865, Yeats began writing around the age of 17, and this poem, When We Are Old, 
appears in his second collection, The Rose, published in 1893. Yeats's influences were varied and included the English Romantics and the French Symbolists. However, this poem had one very specific literary influence on its creation, being strongly inspired by a poem written in the 16th century by French Renaissance poet Pierre de Ronsard, entitled When You Are Very Old. So I want to talk here about the themes of love, beauty and ageing within the poem. When You Are Old is a touching poem that bears witness to the complexities of love in life. The poem is normally understood to be addressed by Yeats to a real person, Maud Gone, an Irish actress whom Yeats was infatuated with throughout his life. That said, the poem can also be taken more widely as being addressed to anyone because the poem itself never mentions names or refers to specific genders. As such, in the lit poetry video of this poem that you can find on YouTube, I actually chose to use a male subject as the focus. In any case, the poem argues in favour of a kind of love that is not based on physical appearances, which fades over time, but on the deeper beauty of the soul. In stanza one, the poem's narrator asks the poem's addressee to think ahead to a time when he or she will be old, tired and grey. At this point, the addressee will look back sentimentally on their lifetime, reminiscing about their good looks and vitality as though they inhabited a dream. Those who admire and care and love the addressee now, that is at the time of the poem's writing, when this figure is still young, are portrayed as phony and artificial. The narrator argues that the love of these people for the addressee is a veneer that will fade away because of the impermanent basis of the love's foundation. The narrator juxtaposes his own admiration and warmth for the addressee with the inferior care of these others. The narrator's love will stand the test of time, the poem says, because it is founded on the addressee's pilgrim soul and the sorrows of her changing face. The narrator then claims to experience love that goes beyond the surface, and hence, while the addressee's face may change over time, her soul will not. Of course, the speaker isn't exactly painting a rosy picture of the addressee's future. In essence, the speaker is predicting a lonely scene, one in which the beloved has only a fire and a book for company. Indeed, the speaker, or the narrator, predicts that it will be through reading this book, the one in which the poem appears, that the addressee will be reminded of their youth and ultimately their failure to embrace love when given the chance. The speaker is suggesting that the poem itself will stand as a testament to the narrator's true form of love, when the shallow love of others is nothing but a distant memory. The poem articulates a complex view which demonstrates both the power of love as well as its limitations. Overall, there is a feeling of sullenness in the manner the narrator foresees that the poem itself will be a reminder of how love fled from the addressee. As for ageing, the poem has a fairly bleak outlook on this aspect of life. 
the narrator suggests that life will grow sadder and lonelier as the youthful beauty of the addressee fades away. The narrator links the enjoyment of life to youth and thereby argues that the addressee should make the most of the younger years they still have left to them. In the first stanza, the addressee is falling asleep by the fire, grey-haired and lacking energy. While in the second stanza, the speaker characterises the addressee's youth in terms of how loved she is, suggesting that youth is a kind of attractive force that brings other people into its orbit. Here, according to the narrator, people love the addressee's glad grace and beauty. But the poem then links ageing to sorrow, suggesting that the addressee's changing face over the years will reflect an internal sadness that comes with the loss of youth. In the third stanza, the loss of youth also seems to cut short any possibility of love. Love, in this scenario, has fled from the addressee, like youthful looks, and the anguish over this loss is felt deeply because of the fact that it's no longer there. All in all, When You Are Old paints a pessimistic picture of old age, suggesting that it's a time of melancholy and regret, particularly for those who focused on shallow forms of love in their youth. It's up to the reader, of course, to decide whether this argument rings true, especially as the poem was written by a young man at the time. Welcome back. While this poem is full of poetical techniques and language worthy of discussion, I want to focus just a little bit today in this podcast on Yeats's masterful use of consonants in the poem. Consonants in poetry is the repetitive use of particular consonants in lines within a poem, whose sonic effect can create layers of added meaning. Yeats uses consonants often in When You Are Old. In particular, there are two key sounds that run throughout, the sounds created by the letter L and the letter D. The first stanza is full of L sounds in the words old, full, sleep, slowly, look. All these words, apart from look, are closely associated with old age and underscore the poem's argument about the connection between ageing and fatigue. The sound created by the use of the L is gentle, suggesting physical weakness, and the way it is intermittently repeated has a distinctly hypnotic quality. In fact, one word that sounds as though it's in the first stanza, but actually isn't, is the word lull. That is, these L sounds seem to be deliberately evoking sleep almost as if there's a casting of a spell or the singing of a lullaby. With the function of the owl sound established in the first stanza, it then continues to run throughout stanzas two and three, calling back to this suggested sleepiness. In line 10, it's also associated with love itself, implying that this future mood of tired regret is in part linked to the addressee's inability to accept the narrator's love in the poem's present. The D sound serves a similar function. It's also gentle, initially linked to the words old and nodding. In fact, it actually links those two words kind of together. Subsequent D sounds continue this chain of association, 
bringing sonic life to the image of someone fighting off sleep. Make sure you listen carefully to these consonant sounds at the end of the podcast when we replay the poem. You were starting to doze off there for a minute, darling. I know the fire is so comforting, but it's time for you to go. Maybe you can come back again next week. I'll have something new to read to you by then. Oh, you want to hear the poem one last time before you go, do you? Oh, yes, I'm very tired, but that's fine. Just sit back and relax. Let me read it to you this one last time. When you are old. When you are old and grey and full of sleep and nodding by the fire. Take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true but one man Loved the pilgrim soul in you And loved the sorrows of your changing face And bending down beside the glowing bars Murmur a little sadly How love fled and paced upon the mountains overhead And hid his face amid a crowd of stars You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast, presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.